0: i uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we need to know something about Spider-Man 2. <laughs> One Spider-Sense returning minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli.
0: I'm Zach Luna. And I'm John Ingle.
1: Welcome back to the show, John.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course. Today we've got you on for Minute 91, which begins with MJ and Peter both looking down in shame and sadness uh and ends with a car being thrown into the wall behind them
2: heck yeah (laughs) stuff's happening. i was uh
1: when i was when i was watching this minute for the first time uh to take the notes i was afraid that this was all just going to be like kissy face leaning in for like a whole minute (laughs) <laughs> um, so I was, I was very grateful to know that, uh, okay, no, these broke down in a way that we like actually, like something actually happens in this minute. So that's good.
0: Yeah. It's a uh, nice change of pace. Um, well, let me tell well, we can you, talk
2: about the kissy faces I mean, yeah, <laughs> we, on the subject well of, of kissy
0: faces. Let me yeah. tell you that I watched <laughs> this movie last night. I hadn't seen it in a while. And my son, Archer is five, had never no. seen it and he is at at five five and a half he is now totally averse to all kissy stuff happening in movies every time it happens he's like Ugh! there's like a groan he's like no (laughs) and so this minute was kind of like perfectly made for him right because it pushes it right to that limit just for long enough that he's like ah and then super cool stuff happens like (laughs) instead (laughs) instead of the kissing like perfectly thinking in the thinking of a five-year-old kid it's like let's not do the kissing let's throw a car through the window (laughs) instead
2: (laughs) so it was kind of
0: a perfect minute for him in that sense I love it. Yeah.
2: I mean, the dialogue is a little bit on the level of a 5-year-old too. Oh. Uh we're like, it's just sort of really basic statements here yeah. this week. Uh Well, okay. So
1: I okay. I before we even get to uh any of the actual dialogue. Um uh uh-huh. She looks down and and you know, sort of just, you know, you don't like just repeating that and uh mm-hmm. we get there a shot that I I feel like um is Not used a lot, in a good way. Like, I'm glad that Mm. it doesn't, that, you know, we save this kind of move um, for very special occasions in in movies and in television Mm -hmm. series. But it's the the close-up push-in, which is like, we're already in a close-up, but we're going to push in and make it even a little bit more intimate. And I love it. It's just such a, it's such a simple thing. And... Mm -hmm. You don't want to use it too much, but this is really feels like the most important sort of emotional beat for them to use it on. It's really, it's really good. The only other emotional beat that I can think of that is also would be a good use of it uh, comes later when uh, one of our characters is holding up something uh, over another character. (laughs) Um, But, but this is, it's a really good moment for this and it's a very simple move, but it's so emotionally effective uh, that i 'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always impressed whenever i I see it used and used well
2: yeah and and it with the timing works out well so it 's not like it 's not a move that 's in your face but it 's one that just highlights everything what what i 'm I'm so impressed by on this little you know close up push in is that she 's like almost trembling from the the hurt as we begin the move, and then we finish the move when she leans in mm-hmm. like she's she 's also highlighting the move itself with the the thing she's doing in a performance, and it's like that's like a little dance of like camera and performer that just lands just right, and it I don't know makes the movie feel more more like a movie. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how else to explain it, but it's really cool when it works.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think we should also be mindful of what happens later. This is a little bit of visual foreshadowing, right? Where we mm-hmm. have um, this melo. This is a classic melodramatic move, you know. Let's yeah. kind of put the audience on a string and pull them into her. Feel what she's feeling more, but we're going to get some other like push in zoom ins in the next couple of minutes that are completely different. Yeah, I uh-huh. think there's kind of a mirroring thing going on there. That's that's fun. It's 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 Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is can be a melodramatist. I don't know if that's the <laughs> yeah. way, but he knows when to use that and he knows when to undercut that. Mm-hmm. um yeah and i think yeah, that the, these like three minutes that we have actually uh together are a good demonstration of that
2: yeah yeah but, uh, him flexing all of his sort of visual language uh tendencies that the idea of what what sort of things get your adrenaline running that's when we'll be a little bit more overt with our style here and this is the subtle version of that and then we'll get later in the week more elaborate versions mm-hmm. um but it's it's all it's it's all kind of working here. I mean, I'm I I made the joke that I'm still kind of clowning on the dialogue from earlier in this scene, like we talked about last week. But the the filmmaking is all killing it, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. this is good stuff.
1: Because even even this this push in the other thing that it does for us is that when we're switching back and forth between these two over the so- shoulder shots after he says that he doesn't love her, mm-hmm. they're both sort of equally. Uh, you know, the the characters are both equally sort of sad about the situation and, and yeah. whatnot. And then as her determination grows, we push him out of the shot because they're yes. not in the same place now. Mm-hmm. Um she mm-hmm. is determined and he is still he's still a sad boy. Um yeah, she's
2: <laughs> literally taking up more space in the frame. Yeah. Uh she's become more dominant yeah. or more
1: focused I, yeah, yeah no i just i just really love it it's such a simple thing but yeah i really it's nice yeah, yeah. it's was well,
2: the thing we talk about like on on stage or with the uh, physical blocking of characters the idea that a lot of behavior can be broken down into advances and retreats and just variations on that and so when people when people chose to, choose to become closer together physically or when they become further apart or when you get distracted and move somewhere else. And it's basic, basic stuff. But when it's done like at this level, it really works. Um, the, these things are go-tos because they work. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and this is it really working. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think to just to add to that, they're go-tos because they're familiar as well. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. uh, that's part of why they work, but it's also part of the strategy with his, the scene mm-hmm. here is that he wants you to get kind of mushy. He wants to, um, get you in a familiar zone before he Mm -hmm. goes full Ramy on you. Right. You know? And and so I think that that's part of the plan, but it does work. I mean, I think, like I said, I mean, I was joking about my kid, but that's the level we're working at here. Really. It's the primal Mm -hmm. level, right. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, mushy to one, an adult and mushy to a kid are two different things, you know, like we might go, Oh, I've been in a moment like this before, (laughs) you know, and kind of lose ourselves in the moment only to get crashed out of it. But, um, I mean, he knows what he's doing. I think it's I think it's a well uh, planned out scene.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Especially with the
2: the sort of line read on uh, "kiss you," the like when he's all confused or asking her the question or whatever. Um, I the first couple times I watched this, I was wondering what Toby's intent with that line read was because it's almost too childish for for the age he is at at this moment. But it is again that thing about like the scene working on multiple levels that it's almost like a uh, am I dreaming like, gosh, a pretty girl wants to kiss me type of moment, which is how does, how do we raise the stakes here? in like the kid level of your brain and also raise the stakes in your adult level of the brain, which is she's crossing a line here that we were already towing up against with, you know, inviting him out to coffee and whatnot. And the ring insert makes it even more clear that the, the, the social line is tension filled uh from an adult perspective but also just the idea that like oh boy a, a girl is asking me to kiss her right now is <laughs> you know it, it, i think the reason the kids get all like oh god no not a kissing thing is partly that part of them that doesn't understand it and par- the partly the part of them that like is like maybe wanting to connect to people of the you know whatever persuasion they're into and doesn't know how to process it mm-hmm. and so all of those feelings happen at the same time in that moment with this sort of Peter becoming a little kid and saying, kiss you. It's, I don't know, it's
0: great. <laughs> yeah, but It is also just a weird request at this moment, isn't it? I mean, yes. <laughs> I've, I've always kind of not been uncertain how to read this scene exactly. Like, I, I, I wonder if there's not like multiple different ways to read it. But mm-hmm. um, like the last minute ends with him saying, I don't like, she says, you don't love me. I don't. Right. And mm-hmm. I always feel like he's about to say more. I always feel like he's gonna say, I don't think so like he just sounds so <laughs> uncertain and it always kind of hangs there and i think she's not convinced right mm-hmm. um what? And, yeah. and now the kissing her asking him to kiss her how do you guys read that exactly like what is her exact motivation if there is one
1: motivation? I i okay so this was this was going to be sort of um i'd say the large chunk of the discussion for for today's minute is this is this question mm-hmm. because
2: mm-hmm.
1: for this whole movie, we have been really on Mary Jane's side, with you know w- looking at what she's dealing with from her perspective, like she's in the right every step of the way, and and Peter is being a big doofus, uh, and we just we we have really really liked her arc a lot, um, and and Kirsten Dunst is just killing it uh, in in this role in this film, um, but the. Well, the thing that really sort of, uh, I don't know, just sort of like stuck under our craw was, uh, was this last week she was hanging out with her fiance, John, and had him recreate the upside down kiss. And we were under the assumption that she was over Spider-Man, that she was now into Peter. So why would she recreate that upside down kiss with John If she doesn't have feelings for Spider-Man anymore, she has feelings for Peter. And we were a little baffled by that. But then we thought, well, maybe maybe the bit at the end that we thought that this movie had just sort of washed over the bit at the Mm -hmm. end of the first movie where she kisses Peter and then touches her lips as if it's familiar in some way. Mm -hmm. It seemed like this movie had just like pretended that that moment didn't happen because she doesn't really give any inclination that she believes or wonders if Peter is actually Spider-Man. Like it it never seems to, at least not on – you know maybe internally that's what's going on but they never they never make a point in saying like she believes this. she has a peter is spider-man conspiracy wall in her bedroom like you know there's there's no moment like this in this movie and so i wonder if this if she actually 100% believes that peter is spider-man and that he just won't tell her and she's trying to get him to spill and that's what this moment is about is her Hmm. saying kiss me i i want to uh i need to know something and the thing that she needs to know is whether or not definitively in her mind whether or not peter is spider-man
2: i mean yeah that's pretty solid thesis there scott i think
0: it's i think it's a it's really solid like sticking to the old-fashioned movies by minute format of we're stuck in this minute we're not talking about future minutes that's great everything you said <laughs> when she, but to break out of that for just a second when she sees him as spider-man later it doesn't jibe like she is completely blown away it's like, by that oh, what reveal. yeah so I'm wondering if you're not on the right track, but maybe even being too specific, if that makes sense. Like, there's a thread yeah. here, right? Like, she kissed him as Spider-Man. She kissed him as Peter. And it's almost as simple as, like, there's a spark or a thread there that she's, that she, it's not tangible to her. She, like, I don't know. There's something familiar about that kiss at the end of the last movie um, mm-hmm. in regards to the kiss of Spider-Man. But she's not able to put her finger on it. But she knows there's yeah. something there sparking her. And here she's like, okay, the chips are down. I'm going to find out what it was. I I, I don't know if that makes sense, but to me, to be that specific about it would be counter to what we see later. That's the only reason why I think it could be more vague.
1: Yeah, making it more vague certainly makes everything internal, which I certainly Mm -hmm. like more. uh,
0: Mm -hmm. Because
1: if she very specifically knows that or believes that Peter is Spider-Man, that they are the same person – I I feel like they would have spent at least a scene, understa- like like putting that out there, and then also like her being mad that he's not showing up to the play. Well, if she believes that he's Spider Man, then she would know why he wasn't coming to the plays. Right. Uh, so so I think you're I think you're right, John. I think I think it is more of a like something's going on here and i'm gonna get to the bottom of it but i don't know what it is whether it's Mm -hmm. an emotional thing i know that this guy's hiding something from me maybe she doesn't necessarily think it's spider-man but there's there's a lot of sort of disparate threads that she's not connecting and maybe she thinks that kissing him in this moment will help bring some of those things together
2: yeah which it it could also be to a degree that the idea that like We said at the top of this minute, we don't really believe either of them believes Peter when he says he doesn't love her. And this is sort of a like put up or shut up moment. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, if she asks him to kiss her and it's so full of passion and meaning and whatnot, she then she's she's sure there's something he's not telling her. It's not just that he doesn't Mm -hmm. care about her, that it doesn't want it to work or that the chemistry she thought was there is a lie. There is something he's keeping, her, keeping from her. I think but
1: that's a hundred percent the actual text of the scene. Like that's mm-hmm. how you're actually supposed. If you're just watching the movie, that's how you're supposed yeah. to read this moment for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, but mm-hmm. I do think internally, I think Kirsten Dunst is working through a bunch of stuff as MJ. Yes, here. yes. And mm-hmm. uh, I, and I love, I love that her her face in this moment is so complex. I think that that's just a sign mm-hmm. of a really great performer.
2: Oh, yeah. And it just I mean, the that we can see her hold back on emotions, but we can still see them like sort of brimming under the surface. Mm -hmm. That's like a really hard double layer to play there. And she's there's mystery there. There's there's intrigue and she's like full of like resolve and decision making. And she's really I I don't know. There's something just magical about it. This is a charged moment Mm -hmm. for for us and
0: for Peter. Yeah yeah just to divert for a second because this conversation made me think about something else Uh, Hmm. but similar context do you think that it might have been a conscious decision on the part of the screenwriters the filmmakers here to not have that she suspects he's spider-man thing because it would have been right in line with superman 2 you know you got it's like oh you go (laughs) like well we're making a sequel And, and at the time there were only just a couple of uh second superhero movies right um Mm -hmm. you got your superman your your batman Mm -hmm. which batman didn't Mm -hmm. continue i mean she found out he was batman in the first movie and then she wasn't even in the second movie you know so uh (laughs) that one didn't even matter but in this case um i wonder if it wasn't just an instinctual thing to at first kind of be like yeah but she's got to suspect and they and we left that thread at the end that little Mm -hmm. uh you know idea at the end of the last movie but then they went What is she going to do? Jump off a building to see if he'll save her? You know, like, are we going to do (laughs) the exact same same thing? So it's just a thought that occurred to me. Like, oh, man, they really probably had to kind of work against their instincts to Mm -hmm. not do the Mm -hmm. same thing. Because it would have been such an automatic and kind of easy thing to do. Well, and it was the
1: the process of writing this was so complicated and Mm -hmm. uh, fly by the seat of their pants that I think that. That's part of it too is that um I think the reason that Kirsten Dunst is having to play all of this so internally is because I don't think she she has a lot. Like I think that Sam is directing the hell out of her and I think uh-huh. that, you know, giving her a lot of things to play with very little uh that is uh-huh. that is on the page because I don't think because of the way that this film was written I don't know that this was necessarily their focus. And so that's why it can feel a little wheel spinny, a little uh, repetitive at certain modes, emotion, emotionally repetitive at certain beats. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, I I think that they were, I think they, I think that Sam and, and Kirsten Dunst both had uh, an idea of like what she could be going through, even if it's not, Nece- necessarily on the page word for right. word they're like but if you're saying this and she's thinking this and feeling this that's three things you can play
2: here right right
1: it's intense
2: like yeah. <laughs> i don't know if we spelled it out for for john yet. i don't know how how often the listeners want to hear this but just <laughs> that literally when they were making this film they didn't have a complete complete script like they had a sort of bare-bones, uh, frankenstein script that was cobbled together by Sam from some previous drafts. And then the screenwriter, Alvin Sargent, was rewriting the dialogue and the spe- specifics of things a couple of days before they would shoot
0: them. Mm-hmm. Just the whole way through the entire process of making the film. Yeah. I think... <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. It doesn't totally feel that way to me you know i i understand what scott what you're saying about emotional uh, repetitiveness there there is some of that and that's something we could Mm -hmm. go into more but um i do feel like some things go on a little longer than they needed to some things Mm -hmm. do kind of repeat um Mm -hmm. if you're gonna have a guy alvin Sargent's a good guy to have i mean that's an in the trenches screenwriter there if you're gonna Mm -hmm. have somebody do this he's (laughs) he's gonna be good for that so uh i you know there's something to be said about not how to, how to put this like not hmm. f- putting too many finishing touches on things sometimes can be better like yeah. with, having what you, mm-hmm. you know working with what you've got or like Kirsten Dunst not having specifics in the script to work with and sort of relying on what's happening you know like mm-hmm. what what do we have in the movie mm-hmm. let the audience to take what they have into the scene, like kind of what we're doing with this conversation can sometimes yeah. be more meaningful and powerful. And, 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 as long as it makes sense, as long as there's something clear, a clear idea there, um, which, I mean, the, the clear idea is the feelings and the chemistry between the two of them. So it's there. Mm-hmm. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you really have to write this scene too mm-hmm. intensely, you can, can right. kind of just let the performances work, let the right. director mm-hmm. work. And, of course, we know that this, this scene is a somewhat of a, of a of a distraction from, well, not a distraction, but we're going to get distracted from this storyline for a little bit. Right. And uh, right. it's going to take us in a completely different direction for different reasons. But um, I don't know. It all works. It's It doesn't, I, I would never have guessed that this was a troubled script or like that they started shooting without finishing the script, honestly. Yeah. But now that you mentioned it, it's like, well, there was a couple of times where it it does lag. It's not. <laughs> it's not quite as perfect as I remembered it being. I right. love it though. I mean, it's a great, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We can go on about that later, but um, it's a really, really great comic book movie. Yeah, uh, but Absolutely. it does have its clunky parts here and there. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs>
1: there are. There's just. There's a, just a few bits that we've noticed as we've been going through minute by minute. We've we're like, oh, we can see. All the stitch marks, you know mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. you know how this was cobbled together and 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 then suddenly, the psychology of it makes perfect sense, like, oh man, remember that time that we cobbled together a, a script that was barely there, and then we made like the greatest comic book movie of all time? Let's just do that again because it worked so well <laughs> the first time, uh, and then we got the next one. um so you know sometimes it works yeah. sometimes it doesn't
0: <laughs> to compare it to another two movie another comic book second film there are mm. some iron man 2 similarities and and the main one is and, and now yeah. i do not mean to to insult this movie to that level i think iron man 2 is kind of an awful movie oh no uh, we it's, don't it's, have yeah, to go on fire. about that. yeah it's
2: really bad <laughs> <Yeah>. um,
0: <laughs> they forget about the villain for a long time in this movie too <laughs> and it's sort of yeah. like how do we, how do we talk about cobbling things? How do we, how do we fix that problem? Well, let's have them putting together a headline that he's still on, on the loose. You know, like, right. yeah. fine, Just good. Just touch base <laughs> with that a little bit. <laughs> hey, good call. As a screenwriter, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> that's what you'd have to do. You have, you've got a newspaper editor as a character that could do that for you. Right. Um, but at the same time, you could tell it's like, they didn't know what to do with Otto for a good chunk of this movie. And it mm-hmm. does kind of feel, and maybe it's because my minutes were these minutes, as I was watching it last night, I was like, "Let's get to Doc Ock, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's taking so long to get back to them?" I I kind of remembered there being more back and forth with the two of them. Yep. And I think that maybe this movie could have benefited by one more scene, one more little sequence. Well, uh, where one they're of those battling w- each other. They, <laughs> they
1: had a. They actually had an additional action sequence between uh, Ock and and Spider Man, and they uh, they cut the sequence. To uh, one, because uh, Toby requested it after his back injury um, Mm. on uh, on uh, Seabiscuit, he requested it and then they siphoned the money that they were going to spend on that action sequence into his paycheck because his contract was null and void because they actually hired Jake Gyllenhaal to play spider-man in this movie and then toby was like actually i'm feeling much better now <laughs> as long as we oh can God, do x y right. and z and then uh, uh-huh. and then he made he made 17 million on
0: this um <laughs> and he's like oh plus i have all these gambling debts anyway well, we won't go into we won't go into all that but <laughs> oh boy, yeah <laughs> i no. saw molly's game if, if you can't tell, I saw Molly's game anyway. Right. Uh-huh. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you feel it. You kind of miss doc. And, and the thing is, is he's such a great villain, but we we'll go into that more. I guess, you know, he doesn't show up in this minute, but right. Right.
2: Um, there are some charms to it though, because we do get to have a lot more of like Peter dealing with the loss of his powers because of that trade off mm-hmm. of not yeah. doing the action stuff. And I think that's one of the things that makes this movie stick with a lot of people, even though it's only what, like 30 minutes out of the movie. Right. Um, yeah, I
1: don't know. It's, it's wild. Yeah, I'm. I it- I agree. I think that that's. Uh, I I I think it's it is simultaneously what makes this movie so memorable. I think. Uh, and mm-hmm. and all like just being like, wow, remember when we used to make superhero movies where there wasn't an action sequence every ten minutes? Uh, <laughs> and and uh, like it's that, and then it's it's I don't know. It just. The the whole thing, it's just such a weird, special kind of movie. Um, Yeah, it's unique. Yeah, Yeah. because of just everything that went into it. It's just uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, perfect amalgamation of all the events that that, uh, occurred. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's fascinating. Um, But uh, yeah, so then uh, something special happens um, that (laughs) I don't know that it's ever... Occurred to me because because of something that happens in um minute 93, I've always uh-huh. because of how big the moment is in 93, I, I have always thought, oh, that's the moment he gets his powers back. And I have always totally dismissed the fact that his spider sense comes back here. Right. And it's not even subtle. It's just like yeah. oh, oh there it is. Right. Boom. But Plenty but it's sets. it's not subtle, but it is subtle in comparison to what happens in ninety-three.
2: <laughs> yeah, well well, on Wednesday we will have a talk about subtlety. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, his his powers come back and it's it's just proof that it was psychological immediately because they his powers came back and he's not even thinking about him.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's this, uh, the the thing we've been touching on, even with the uh, the goofy scenes with the power loss, like the uh, my back sequence and whatnot, that it's not that his powers left, it's that he's suppressing them or, uh, but you know, he's still ultra durable, he still <laughs> survives the falls and whatnot, and he still has the spider sense in his unconscious mind. It's just when he's in his head about it, that and, and doubting himself that they don't work because it's all... Forefront of your brain stuff, you know, super ego, it, uh, not not id, you know, but conscious mind stuff. Mm-hmm. But the part of him that is like just protecting himself is totally there when this car comes flying through the window. Yeah. Um, well, that's and the, I love that. I love. That's the question yeah.
0: I have, though. Is that mm-hmm. is self preservation what motivates it, or is it her being there that motivates it? Because I read Ooh. this whole situation as being. His spidey sense comes back, his powers come back because she motivates them to come back. If he's sitting in there having a mm. cup of coffee by himself, he gets crushed by a car. That's how I read it. <laughs> I'm thinking that because that's what that's the when we, we go back to the Aunt May, you know, Uncle Ben confession, for instance, yeah. he had to get that off his chest. And then this idea of protecting, so the theme of protecting others comes back again. It's always in Spider Man. Uncle Ben always represents. The you know responsibility, mm-hmm. the taking care of others, the being protective of people, and um, taking the opportunity to do the right thing to help protect people. So we have this idea planted sure. in our head a few scenes earlier. Mm. I'm thinking, that's just how I always read this, was that he didn't have his powers because she was in danger is why his powers came back. Mm. I don't know uh to me it makes more sense because the like he, he they really come back i mean we'll talk about this in a couple of days but they really come back yeah. when when she's even more in danger he's got a purpose yeah yeah, right. yeah. Th- that's what i mean to me that's more rich more meaningful than self preservation and and thematically it makes sense for with mm-hmm. the movie but i don't know i mean I, that's just how i always read it yeah no, that's good yeah yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that's better mm-hmm. i think yeah i I, I like the interpretation we've been landing on of the idea of him his powers being suppressed but not being fully gone gone gone. Um, but I do I do like the idea that they are at full strength here because of her and not because of him.
0: I like that a lot. Well, let me yeah. ask: you, Have you guys has anybody made the correlation between this movie and the Last Jedi at all? And Luke's uh, breaking cutting off from the, off fo- from the force. cutting himself off from the force, and then it comes back. Because it's yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a little bit similar, fair. and you know, we if you watch that movie, there's like three things that happen. One, you see him contact Leia, and that's a part mm-hmm. that completely went by me. <laughs> like at the first, I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, cool! He's they're still in contact with each other," but I didn't think about the fact that that meant that he had to tap back in. And then right. we get these moments where everything. he, he yeah. rages out. So when the rage hits him, he blows up that hut that she's in when she sees. Yeah, him. and then he catches himself falling which was super subtle again i i barely registered that the first time i saw the movie but there's similar things right like they're Mm -hmm. he cut himself off but it was still he still had the ability and i it certainly doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense in this movie to say he just lost his uh his powers they're just gone whoops now they're back there had to there has to be a deeper psychological reason so i'm with you guys on that for sure yeah i
2: like that yeah that's a good parallel God, I love The Last Jedi. Uh, That's real good. Oh, oh no, that'll get us some mean comments. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) no. We just got a one star
0: review. (laughs) Um, Oh, no. (laughs) People just said well thought out things about The Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Positive.
1: Oh, man. Disney must be paying us.
0: Uh, did you guys get your? check God, I, I got wish. My check. Right. <laughs> my PayPal just dinged just now. Yeah. yeah no.
2: Do your shell payments arrive? I'm not yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not up on.
1: Thanks, Disney. That. Oh,
2: um, <laughs> just bought a new car. By the way, when when we do have the car coming through the uh the window and whatnot, <laughs> um, I like the the real car footage that they use and the way they splice it together with the um the actors and whatnot. It's it's never like I'm fully convinced they're there, but it's quote-unquote good enough, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I buy the reality of it as it happens. And I'm wondering, is it this this sequence? Yeah. Okay, so about 48-ish seconds into this, we have the wide shot of the car coming through the window and everybody inside the deli freaking out. I'm wondering if maybe this is when they used that Toby lookalike guy, Eric Perkis, who was... um. During the uh, my back sequence, we talked about how there's one Spidey stunt double on this film. There are many Spidey, Spidey stunt doubles, but there's one who's got a Peter Parker double credit uh, because he was a guy who looks a lot like Toby and did like a t- Toby Maguire impression at a record store and got hired to be a double on this film. Mm, nice. uh, I'm almost wondering if that's him here for the sake of the the stunt shenanigans because it was it's the only stunt where you're right in the face face area and it doesn't quite look like Toby. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that's Toby doing the, the full jump
0: out of the chair there? I doubt it. I think you're probably right because that's actually kind of a crazy stunt, even just like diving across the table and, Right. And grab it. That doesn't sound like, uh, that sounds like, you know, Tom Cruise would do that, but maybe not typically right. require, yeah. especially well, if he's had feel like... injuries. Right. Exactly. Uh, he probably exactly. wasn't down for that. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's happening all so fast and the, sh- the shot's wide enough that you couldn't really tell anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I will say, uh, the moment of the spider sense watching this minute on mute it really just looks like he's having a panic t- attack about kissing a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Which> good. <laughs> yeah. it's
2: just really Slow motion pucker up. Yeah. yeah and he's the... just like, oh, God.
0: <laughs> like there, Almost like there could be a record scratch right there yeah. and everything pause. Yeah.
1: Like, oh, my God. What do I do um, now? Yeah. Oh, thank um, God this car is getting scratched through yeah. the window. <laughs>
0: But seriously. I don't have to make this decision. <laughs> the, yeah. the background, the way that's done is oh, just, it's classic Raimi. Like, reminds me of Dark Man, you know. The, yeah. the background dropping, you know, like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think whether, I feel like we talked about this on the last movie. Like, this is that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But is that rear projection and he's zooming in on a rear projection? I can't quite figure out, I've never really figured out how he does some of these effects, but um, I mean, they're simple. I think they're kind of simple effects. He gets his signature look out of them, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um, also it helps with the rest of the scene, right? Like you're talking about somebody said something about whether how convincing some of these shots were, um, right, it right. certainly helps to have something that's flat out fake looking right at the beginning like that. But in a whimsical, yeah. fun, you know, compelling way, I, I love when he does stuff like this. Yeah. There's moments with Doc Ock's arms earlier where it's like clearly just like a stationary like end of the arm on a stick being swung yeah. across. But it's like totally sells everything else yeah. because I was like, mm. oh, that's an, that's an actual object. And it kind of looks cool in a, in a good old fashioned classic, you know, um, special effects sort of way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that I, I just love it when this happens, when the Spidey sense kicks in. Yeah. It's oh, when me too. get yeah. my it's scratches, right. my Ramey itch for sure. <laughs> uh,
1: one, one last little detail that'll be uh, important in the, in tomorrow's minute. It is currently one uh, 54 in the, Oh yeah. In the on the afternoon. there. So, <laughs> okay. Um, important to remember for tomorrow. Uh, okay. Good. All right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put that. We'll put that in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> One fifty four in the afternoon. Uh. So, uh, John, what did what have you got going on in your neck of the woods? You got anything you want to plug?
0: Not much. I'm right now. I'm presently only a co-host of ABC Devo. It's a podcast where we talk about every song by the band Devo uh, alphabetically, <laughs> and we're about halfway. So I Think we're about halfway through now. A little more so uh that's with uh me and pete the retailer from star wars minute and uh, tom taylor from indiana jones minute and our friend joe mazel who does not have a movies by minute show he's uh, the odd man out there but um (laughs) you know alien minute still out there if any of your listeners have never listened to uh, my former podcast alien minute i did alien and aliens Mm -hmm. and they're both still out there on itunes so stitcher whatever you want to to listen to in their entirety both movies completely finished and that's that um, uh, otherwise I'm not really doing any podcasting
1: alright <laughs> well uh, you'll be back on this show tomorrow I will uh, so, so there's that at least that, that, there's that to look forward to um, we've got uh, the Spider-Man Minute Friendly Neighborhood Listener Group on Facebook if you're not a member yet why not go and join the group and hang out with all of us over there talk about some Spider-Man stuff And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 92. Bye, everybody.
2: Bye.